Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Support for this podcast comes from Healthnetics. Do you have nagging aches and pains from your younger, more athletic days? Healthnetics CBD is a premium brand CBD that may help take care of aches and pains, as well as relieve anxiety and sleeplessness. Healthnetics products are all natural, THC-free, made in the USA, and undergo third-party lab testing to ensure quality and purity. All CBD is not the same. Order today with a money-back guarantee at healthnetics.com and use promo code SPORTS for 20% off. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast, presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts here on this Saturday edition of the show. We wanted to make up for missing on Thursday, get you the fifth show in this week, so we're getting together on this fine Saturday morning to talk football with you all. Kyle, welcome to the show. Surprise, yeah. This is, what, two weeks in a row of a Saturday Draft Dudes? I'm just telling you guys now, don't get spoiled. This is not going to be a regularity. Because once the season starts, oh, Nelly, we're going to be on the road. We're starting to get some RSVPs. We're invited out to programs. So we're not going to have time to do Saturday shows, which just means, Joe, we got to get our stuff together and keep recording like five days a week during the work week. Hit them during the week. We, we will do that for the people. And it's kind of cool, though, because we get to spend some time this morning talking about the preseason action that we experienced. Friday night, and there's been some news that has come from those games. Actually, one piece that I want to touch on that was earlier in the week, the first-round pick of the New England Patriots, Isaiah Wynn, out for the season with an Achilles injury, and that just sucks, right? Like, I know nobody really roots for the Patriots, but you just hate to see a guy with the the talent that I saw in Wynn and a guy that I thought could be a really, uh, you know, solid foundational player. Uh, for the Patriots and any NFL offensive line. And so for him to be done for the year, uh, you hate to see it because I I thought he was a top 20 player in last year's class. Yeah, Joe, this one stinks. Um, I was really looking forward to seeing Wynn kind of try and tackle, pun intended here, that offensive tackle position. A lot of people thought that he'd be slotted inside to guard. And I do think he he probably projected more favorably in a guard, but the, the tackle tape was still really, really good. And, um, you know, we're going to have to put it on the back burner and wait. And uh, if there is a silver lining here, I cannot wait for the next time Colin Cowherd goes to Ether the Patriots. He's going to reference Isaiah Wynn being a big loss for the Patriots 
acting like one month ago he didn't even know who Isaiah Wynn is. So go ahead and put that on the calendar. Let's let's kind of do the uh, a raffle. See see who's closest on uh, the day that Colin Cowherd tries to pretend like losing Isaiah Wynn was a big hit for the Patriots. That's a good call. You know that's coming. Kyle, did you oh, yeah. see the did you see Jeff Schwartz comments on this? Like they were talking he was mentioning that his move to right tackle messed with his, you know, his body mechanics and muscle memory and it, it he kind of like said that him playing in a different position than where he's used to led to some additional stress on his, you know, lower body and it was perhaps a result of this Achilles tear. You buying that at all? I certainly think um especially if you're training on one side of the offensive line. I can attest to this with my background in, in kinesiology and, and movement sciences. When you train on a certain side, uh, your muscle balances are definitely thrown askew. So if they were training specifically for the left side, you're going to develop kind of this, I don't want to say lopsidedness, but you know your, your muscle balances and joint stabilities are going to be honed to operate a certain way. And it's not exactly like you can just flip that switch and expect it all to work the same way when you're used to driving off the inside foot to get your depth on your pass set. And suddenly now you got to drive off the other leg. And you know, by and large, these are professional athletes, so they can take it in stride. But I can certainly buy that there's going to be some extra stress involved in the joints and the, the mechanics of those movements. Appreciate the nuggets there, sir. Uh, how about this one, Kyle? Des Bryant visited the Patriots, I think, on Thursday. Left town with no deal. And uh, it kind of leads to this question, like, does that mean there's not going to be a deal at any point? Is Des Bryant playing football this year? Is there a team that's going to pull the trigger? Like, I'm starting to really question if Des Bryant's going to be on the NFL roster this year. What do you think about this guy? Um, he'll play. I think he will play. I think he's he probably knows he's at the end of the leash, right? Like the light at the end of the tunnel is getting bigger, and then we're going to have to worry about what life after football looks like. So I would imagine he's probably just playing hardball right now, trying to maximize his value. And uh, the economics of, of signing an, an experienced veteran, and um, he does have a little bit of leverage over the, the Browns considering – what's going on with Josh Gordon right now. And, you know, Josh Gordon's in the news again, potentially facing jail time for, um, I think, missed payments on child support was what I had read the headline was. So um, they're kind of, I think they're playing this kind of game of chicken right now, or they're waiting to see who blinks first, if Cleveland's going to come up in the dollars, or if Des just wants to get into camp and, and get on a team. Yeah, it's. Uh, we'll see how this plays out, because I know there's some questions about him fitting into locker rooms, right? I think he can probably still play and produce on the field, but question marks about the rest of things there. Uh, some news from the preseason games that we experienced on Friday night. Bills sustained a couple of injuries. First of all, uh, A.J. McCarron, who, you know, Buffalo has a three-way race right now for the starting quarterback gig. It looks like that's about to be a two-way race given the uh, collarbone, collarbone injury for A.J. McCarron. Probably not going to cost him the season, but certainly several weeks here in these critical time as Buffalo is trying to Figure out who's going to be that starter. Um, and so Josh Allen and Nate Peterman are really going to get a big opportunity here to uh, to take command of this of this race. And then Kyle Williams, the, and there were some talks about him retiring in the offseason. He came back and he sustained a knee injury. The earlier indications are that it's not an ACL and that uh, it could be an MCL, could be like a six-week thing. But, man, you, you just hate that for a guy like him to, 
come back and be committed to this team and what he's meant to Buffalo for so long for him to kind of be on obviously the, the back nine way into the back nine for him to have this type of a, of an injury to start the season is disappointing. Yeah. Um, obviously this is the ugly side of the preseason in general, right? Is the games don't count. You don't want to see guys go down in games that are kind of the auditions for, for some younger players and kind of the tune up for experienced veterans and, uh, keeping fingers crossed, even as a Buffalo Bill Joe, I'm keeping my fingers crossed that this Kyle Williams thing uh, blows over and it is fairly uh, minimal as far as the time that he's going to miss. Yes, Kyle. Uh, let's. Any other news items from you that you want to get into here before we start talking about some games from last night? Nope, I'm ready to roll, Joe. Shall we? Shall we? We got to see the two Joshes and Baker last night in preseason action. And. Uh, Let's start with Josh Rosen. I don't know if you got a chance to see the the NFL YouTube channel is just terrific because if you can't watch the entire game because you're watching a different game, they like cut it up so you can see every play that Josh Rosen was in. And so I've spent some time working through that reel. And uh, man, QB1's looking good, Kyle. I really love how comfortable he is in the pocket, how he's seeing the field, and the accuracy that he's always shown is there. And, And you just watch him and you just say, this guy throws a beautiful football. He's in control, and his his hookups to uh, Christian Kirk so far have just been a thing of beauty. So I am uh, smiling ear to ear seeing Josh Rosen play so well. And I know last week we talked about him, right? Like his stats were so bad, but the way he played was fine. The pressure was there quick. He made good decisions with the football. He didn't get much help from his supporting cast, but I really like what I'm seeing from Josh Rosen. Valentine's Day is just around the corner, and it's only fitting that this important interruption is brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Have you thought about what you're getting your loved one this year? Or maybe you want to give the gift of sweet-smelling grundle bliss to your partner. I'm talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. Whether you're the only one who gets to see what's going on down there or you're one of many, do you, your partner, and everyone else a favor and introduce yourself to this revolutionary company. Manscaped just launched their brand new Perfect Package. Inside the Manscaped Perfect Package, you'll find their Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer, which features skin-safe technology and will prevent you or your man from cutting his nuts. Speaking of smelling nice, let's be real. No one wants to carry around that locker room smell with them. That's why I am thankful for the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver. These products keep your crotchal region from sweating, smelling, and sticking. The Perfect Package will also come with a pair of Manscaped boxer briefs that'll keep that junk feeling fresh all day. It's time to upgrade those overused pair of boxers to this new new. Give the gift that will make your Valentine's Day spicy. Go to manscaped.com and use the promo code locked on to get 20% off and free shipping. Ladies, this is the perfect gift for you and your man and men. Your partner will thank you. Trust me, he will thank you. And guess who else will thank you? Your balls will thank you. 20% off and free shipping when you use the promo code locked on at manscaped.com. How can you not? I mean, that that touchdown pass, mm-hmm. obviously the very clear throwing window, but the accuracy on that throw mm-hmm. and the placement of the ball between two defenders uh, was what impressed me. Really protected his receiver while throwing into a tight window and I mean, that's what you saw at UCLA. It's it's that translatable application of skills and qualities. And seeing Rosen 
kind of grip it and rip it in the pocket was really, really great. And, you know, I totally agree. Uh, thank goodness for NFL.com and their ability to kind of cut up the pass attempts because it makes life a whole lot more easy for folks like us who are trying to really keep track on these guys uh, and do it in a timely manner. I'm going to go back and watch the game as much as I would like to see the context of snap by snap and, and watch that game take place. But um, if I'm trying to get some immediate reactions, like for example, today, there's like seven preseason games and I'm looking to, uh, for tomorrow, publish uh, some insights of rookie performances throughout the course of all seven games today. And Joe, you do the math. The game takes three hours and there's seven of them. They start at one o'clock and I'm trying to get something done by tomorrow morning. That ain't going to happen unless NFL.com hooks me up and they can do a great <laughs> job of it so yeah. far this preseason and uh, help me out with, with catching up with Rosen as I was watching Brown's Bills last night. Oh, Kyle, what a, what a sad day you have ahead of you watching football from Florida you, so you can't stay awake. I'm actually doing Jerry Seinfeld tonight, Kyle, so I'll be – Good for you. Re, I'm going to be – so what I'm saying there is I'm going to be relying on your rookie recaps on Sunday to catch me up on the stuff that I didn't get a chance to see tonight. So That's a lot of pressure, Joe. I, well, that's the entire goal. I wanted to put pressure on you as if I haven't read – I probably read almost everything you've ever read. Probably. Everything? Probably. I apologize. That's that. published. It's published. Maybe. Oh, boy. So, uh, I mean, we, we got to talk Bills Browns, right? Shall we? Yeah. This was uh, – Joe, I can I can feel your smile from here. Oh, man. Because Josh, <laughs> Josh Allen looked pretty good in this football game. Say it again. Josh Allen looked pretty good oh, in this football oh, game. Swooning. I'm swooning, Kyle. Nine of 13, 60 yards and a touchdown, but it was the operation within the pocket that impressed me most. And um, I don't want to say I'm not surprised because I was impre- really impressed and somewhat surprised with how well he kept his eyes down the field while he was manipulating the pocket. But um, one of his strengths coming out of Wyoming was his ability to slide and prolong plays in the pocket. and. Uh, so it's good to see him take that strength and continue to use that and build off of that. Uh, the touchdown pass kind of sliding to his left before stepping up and throwing a ball uh, to a receiver crossing across the uh, back line in the end zone. Uh, really nice throw, really nice play overall. Uh, but I'll leave it with that, Joe, and, and I'll let you kind of croon here a little bit and talk about your quarterback, Josh Allen. Kyle, I felt the pain. I really did. Coming through. The, the mic there, but uh, good observations. I think for me, Kyle, you know, obviously I was not as, I, I, I am a Josh Allen skeptic, not, not nearly as big as you were. Um, and, and so I am encouraged. And I think that's kind of the word that I would go with when I look at what Josh Allen's been able to do both against Carolina and now in Cleveland in terms of, you think that this is right. This is his first NFL action. This is as bad as he'll ever be conceivably. And so to see him come in and be calm under pressure and be able to keep the offense on schedule, you know, AJ McCarron started the game last night and Buffalo went four and out or three and out four consecutive times. Josh Allen comes in and leads a 16 play 80 yard drive and, uh, and the Bills scored on all three of his drives. So just the movement of the offense and the command and those types of things have been really encouraging and not taking risks with the football and, you know, seeing things pre-snap and understanding where the safeties are, where the defense is going to be soft, and then working the football to those spots 
That's probably been my favorite thing about what I've seen from Josh so far because those were my biggest question marks coming in was obviously the accuracy, which he's missed some throws. You know, if you look at that first ball he threw, he missed a wide open Calvin Benjamin 15 yards across the middle of the field. That was exactly the look that Buffalo wanted on that given play. But then he settled in and I thought his ball placement was fine the rest of the way. But the decision making and, uh, you know, not trying to work the ball into places it can't go has been really encouraging for me. The, The Browns played a ton of really deep safety looks, and I think that's probably something that they they normally do given some of the feedback on Jabril Peppers last year. But it showed up again last night where you know, those safeties were 25, 30 yards off the ball. And so, so dumb. Well, you have to think I'm, – I'm thinking, okay, well, they know that Josh Allen has a strong arm and can really challenge the deepest portions of the field, and so maybe they just didn't want to get beat deep. But to Josh Allen's credit, he recognized that, and then he made underneath reads that were good reads and made accurate throws – on several occasions, I highlighted a couple of those uh, in a piece that I did recapping uh, Josh's performance for the draft network. So you can go there right now and check that piece out. But it, it was some of those nuances that, you know, are, you, you seem, they seem to be kind of elementary things that you would expect for an NFL quarterback. But from where we thought that, you know, what we thought the learning curve was going to be for Josh to see him taking advantage of those, those routine concepts was, was really encouraged really encouraging. I know he's played with the threes and against the threes week one with the twos against twos this week. And I want to see him with and against the ones very soon to really like, you know, make sure that this is going to work. But, you know, from where I thought Josh was going to be at this point of the season to where he is very, very encouraged. Yeah. Uh, AJ McCarron should not take snaps with the ones ever again. Right. (laughs) (laughs) How do you feel about that contract? Well, you know, it's interesting. What's it? Two years, 10, if I'm not mistaken. The Um, fact that it exists, though. Yeah. I mean, well, in the fact, you knew what was my plan. My plan was always Teddy Bridgewater for the Bills. I mean, you've talked to me about football for the last five years, and you know that's what I wanted Buffalo to do. And so to see him doing what he's doing with the Jets and then the bridge guy for Buffalo to be A.J. McCarron, seemingly, it's just been disappointing. And and A.J., look, I mean, he, he just can't move the offense. He doesn't have much. Doesn't have much uh, command. He doesn't make great decisions, quick decisions. I mean, he's he is who he is, right? There's a reason he never unseated Andy Dalton. And um, you know, I think it. He, I I'm not happy that he's injured. Okay, I'm not happy. But I think this does, in a way, help Buffalo laser in on Josh and Nate Peterman. Peterman's been good this preseason, guy. Yeah, seventeen Weird. of twenty, two thirty-one, two touchdowns. I mean, he in his one interception tipped off a receiver's hands. He's moving the offense. And so I get nervous, right? Like when you watch Nate Peterman, especially after Josh Allen, like the difference in physical talent is extremely obvious. And so you see Nate Peterman drop back and he's such a rhythm passer. Like he gets rid of it. He identifies where he wants to go with the football and he goes with it. And sometimes some of those outbreaking patterns, man, that ball's just kind of floating in there. And those DBs are squatting. Like he's a pick six waiting to happen in a lot of ways with some of the throws he tries to make. So, you know, the physical upside with Josh is really exciting, but, you know, I know that Sean McDermott's a big fan of Nate Peterman, a big, big fan of Nate Peterman. And so it wouldn't surprise me to see him get the get the starting job. And, and we've talked about the, the Bills' early schedule against, you know, the first three games against the Ravens, Chargers, and Vikings. I mean, that's a gauntlet of defenses. That is a tall, tall order for a rookie quarterback. So maybe Peterman gets his job and kind of gets Buffalo to week four against Green Bay, a, a defense that seems a little bit more manageable at home. Uh, but uh, – Look, so far so good. There's optimism regarding the Bills quarterback situation, and that's not necessarily something I expected to say here in the middle of August. Well, Joe, I do want to talk about a Cleveland Brown, but I'm actually not going to talk about Baker Mayfield. 
Uh, Baker had, no, it was it wasn't the magic of week one of the preseason, but I thought Baker looked pretty good. I thought he settled in, um, moved around the pocket well, uh, had a couple touchdown passes come off due to penalties. I do want to talk about Nick Chubb briefly. Yes. Nick Chubb looked good in this football game. Yes. I was very disappointed with, with the way, first of all, the, blind, the line provided push up front for Nick Chubb, but even Nick like looked like he had cement blocks on his feet last week. I thought he was a little bit more decisive, uh, kind of getting downhill, generating some of that forward momentum before he was trying to make a cut. And that's that's Nick's running style. So um, I thought Nick, 11 carries, 53 yards and a touchdown, had a couple nice cuts, but those cuts didn't come until after he had pressed up into the bubble at the line of scrimmage and, and generated some forward momentum. And I think that's something that the more Nick Chubb plays, you're going to have to continue to see that mentality to press forward first and then look for extra space because he made some guys miss. Um, not super dynamic. I thought uh, he got pushed out at the one on a play. It really should have been a touchdown. And um, so the, the explosiveness there is something that I'm kind of eyeballing because it doesn't add up versus what his tape last year looked like after he came back from the injury and he doesn't add up to his athletic testing. So I'm kind of just, I'm intrigued with where that disconnect is with Nick right now, but good to see him be more assertive and aggressive pressing up into the line of scrimmage last night. Yeah, he was, he was much, much better. And and to comment on Baker real quick here, Kyle, um, I don't think it was the magic of week one, but that dude's a pain in the ass on third down, right? So I got to kind of experience that through the lens of my favorite team playing against Baker Mayfield and trying to stop him. And so probably the first time in my life I've ever rooted against Baker Mayfield. And like it's third down, it's like, damn it, you can't tackle this little shit. And, and he just extends plays and he keeps his eyes on the field and he hits throws or he, he moves the change with his feet. So, you know, it's Slippery. just – he just is. That's just slippery. the word with him, man. And he was yeah. slippery against the Big 12, and now he's slippery against NFL defenses. Like, uh, I, I, th- he's, he's just a gamer, right? And he's just – maybe the throws and, and everything wasn't there last night, but he still shows that, and I think that gives you a chance every week. Yeah, so I guess we'll go ahead and pack it up on Cleveland's 11 of 24, 83 yards uh, passing effort last night and move on. <laughs> to the final segment of today's show, Joe, in which we're going to be talking about the hunt for the first pick, who we think some of the teams in contention are. This is something that was originally going to be packaged as a debate between the two of us, but I like this format better because it allows us to spread the blame amongst our listeners. So not (laughs) like nobody has to be the single bad guy if we're talking about your team being in contention for the first overall pick. and. and we do have some usual suspects, um, maybe not Cleveland necessarily, although we never know, with, depending on how long Hugh's going to be holding down the fort here. But, uh, Joe, who's a, who's a team that stands out to you when you kind of look at the NFL landscape that you think is going to be in contention for that top pick? The Jets, Kyle. The Jets. Um, I, I like – the makeup of this defense in a lot of ways. There's got some dudes up front that I like. Leonard Williams, obviously. Some young guys, Nathan Shepard, Fowley Fadakasi. I love the secondary, Mo Claiborne, Tremaine, uh, Tremaine Williams, Marcus May, Jamal Adams, Buster Screen. That's a good secondary. Avery Williamson on the second level. Darren Lee's up and coming. I like this defense, but I really do not like this offense. This offensive line, I think, is one through five, probably 
uh, are certainly a replaceable player at every position on the offensive line. I don't have much hope for that group. The running back situation with Crowell, Elijah McGuire, Thomas Rawls, I mean, just really kind of jags back there in the backfield. You've got receivers that have maybe some upside, but by and large, there's no alpha. There's no guy that you're going to kind of be the focal point of your passing game. Jordan Leggett's likely the starting tight end. And you got this, this situation here with Teddy Bridgewater, Josh McGowan, Sam Darnold all vying for this quarterback job. I know we said some negative things about the Jets last year going into the season, and they exceeded expectations. But I, I just don't know about the makeup of this roster right now. I think the coaching staff's pretty good. Maybe that'll get them to four, five, six wins, but maybe not. I don't know if this is – I think this is probably a bottom five talent roster in the NFL right now. Yeah, the uh, ironically, the other team that kind of pops to me when I look at you know, the depth chart and the two deep and the experience and the the division that they play in and the schedule they have, the Arizona Cardinals, who are 2-0 and in the preseason, of course, <laughs> are, are a team that stands out where they are – they're a team that it's tough, right? Because it felt like last year was an ugly year for the Cardinals, and they went, what, 7-9? and nine? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, this division is trending up and trending up hard with the Rams bringing in the talent that they have in San Francisco with Jimmy G and Seattle still having Russell Wilson. And Arizona's going to get there because I like a lot of the pr- players they brought in over the course of the last two or three years, like Hassan Reddick and Josh Rosen and Christian Kirk and Mason Cole, but they're all young. So I think that youth is something that can work against the Cardinals. Uh, and then they've got some established veterans that are now having to worry about hitting the wall with Patrick Peterson, who's, you know, we've kind of, feel like taking Patrick for granted the last couple of years because Arizona hasn't been super competitive with the quarterback issues that they've had. But, um, you know, he, he's getting long in the tooth now. And this Arizona team uh, has some concerns on the offensive line. They have some young players that they need to emerge, like Robert Kimdiche on, on the defensive front. Uh, they kind of have a wonky linebacker group. And so I, I have a lot of questions about the Cardinals. I think they play in a very tough division. I think they have a tough schedule this year. So it really depends on, are you going to throw Josh Rosen into the fire? How does Josh kind of acclimate himself? Can he stay healthy? Uh, how quickly can he establish some chemistry with his receivers? Are you going to go with a seasoned veteran? And, you know, Sam Bradford, if, if he gets the call, you know, he's good for like five games before he gets hurt. And, <laughs> you know, now you're starting with a young quarterback and you're further into the season. So he's going to have less time to mature and, and get on the same page with his players. So that's a team for me that I think they just they have a lot of questions. They're in a tough schedule, tough division, and uh, they got players that are either too far away or – they're too far gone, if that makes sense. Yeah, Kyle, I think those two are the favorites, in my opinion. Um, I want to throw out a dark horse candidate here. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, right? This is not a bottom five or probably even ten roster in terms of talent. They've got some guys. I just worry about the makeup of this leadership, right? Like, I just – I'm not really all that high on Dirk Cutter. I think he's one of the least – inspiring coaches in the NFL just listen to him talk and just kind of the kind of things that have come through this organization of late I just I'm not a fan 
And uh, you got this Jameis situation here that's going to be it's going to be what it's going to be here to start the season. It's a distraction. And so the, the growth that's needed on this defense, and they added some pieces. They got JPP and Bo Allen and Vinny Curry and uh, drafted a couple of guys to help in the secondary and Carlton Davis and MJ Stewart. But, I mean, that defense was just egregious last year. I mean, it was like soft butter. And the growth needed there comp- combined with some of the question marks. that The offense was top 10 last year. And – there's question marks about it with this Jameis Winston situation and, you know, obviously the running back situation and how good's Rojo going to be right away. So close your ears, JC, boss man, if you're listening to this. But I think Tampa Bay is a dark horse candidate to really kind of see the, the wheels come off here and push for a very high pick unless, uh, you know, they, they make the 180 that the roster suggests it could. Well, I do think they are, you know, injuries in Carolina notwithstanding the worst talent in that division right yeah that's a great no that's true the falcons and saints rosters are stacked yeah and the panthers are in some areas there's just not much depth but yeah there it's a worst roster in this division yeah i agree worst roster in the division lame duck head coach coming into the season Bad. um yeah. i could see it i could i could definitely see it and especially you know if tampa gets off to a slow start without Jameis, and now cutters really on the hot seat and the stress in the room really turns up yeah, I think those are those are probably our three strongest candidates. Um, I don't think we should piss off any more fan bases, should we? Well, we actually no, we have to piss off one. <laughs> this is this is. I was saving this talking point for you because I thought surely you were going to mention this, but oh, what the Bills? Well, no, the Bills the Bills deserve to be part of this discussion. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I think that's fair. Um, just quickly there, I mean. We thought the Bills would be in contention for it last year. They go nine and seven and back door into the playoffs. Defense should be really good. But regression you know, to the mean is strong, though. Well, the defense it, statistically wasn't very good last year, though. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I hear you there. My concern with the Bills is is you know three guys on the offensive line of Cordy Glenn, Richie Incognito, Eric Wood. Those are big losses up front, and you know a receiving core that's you know one of the worst in the NFL and a quarterback situation that is Josh Allen and Nate Peter for all intents and purposes. That's not, there's, there's nothing right now that leads you to believe that those guys are going to be the answer at quarterback, right? There's still a lot more that needs to happen. So look, I I believe in Sean McDermott and that's, you know, that's big. I think from a leadership perspective, he proved what he can do last year, but yeah, Buffalo is definitely in this conversation, but the team I was going to mention, Kyle is Seattle. Not if Russell Wilson's a quarterback, Russell Wilson's your quarterback. You, you, you got a chance to make the playoffs. Yeah. But if Russell goes down, we're talking about a team. This is like Andrew Luck going down <clears throat> in the Colts or when Peyton Manning went down and you saw what that looked like without him. You'll, you'll see things real ugly in Seattle if Russell goes down. Yeah. So I, uh, Seattle and Indianapolis teams that are both like yes. an injury away from winning two football games. Yeah. Both. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there you go. We got five teams here that we've uh, now triggered. <laughs> with our observations on your 2018 outlook. And I'm sure one of those teams will surprise Joe and we will never hear the end of it, but that is okay. Make sure you get after us on Twitter when that happens and you follow along on this podcast so you can really dog us. So to do that, you can follow us on Twitter. Joe is at the Joe Marino. I'm at grinding the tape. You can hit the subscribe button on this podcast. I uh, do want to give a shout out and a thank you to the Locked On NFL Draft crew of Trevor Sikkim and John Ledyard, our teammates at the Draft Network. 
for bouncing over on Friday for the second Draft Network Super Show, which we had a blast with, and uh, that will be a weekly fixture going forward. So something to look forward to. So don't miss it. Follow along both Locked On NFL Draft and the Draft Dudes podcast. I'm Kyle Krabs signing off with Joe Marino. We'll talk to you at the beginning of next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.